Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes creating a professional website for your business, personal brand or portfolio so easy it's newsworthy. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer Guardian to get 10% off. The Guardian. Hello, this is Music Weekly. I'm Alexis Petridis. And I'm Kieran Yates. This week in a bumper singles club, we've got tracks from Manic Street Preachers, Kalela, Raoul Midon, and Years and Years. That's here on Music Weekly from The Guardian. There's some good news and there's some bad news. The good news is... We're joined in the studio uh, by Dorian Linsky. Hello. Hi, Dorian. Hello. And Rosie Swash. Hi. Hello. Hey. <laughs> I knew you'd be back eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Tail between your legs. Uh, so this is going to be the last Music Weekly podcast uh, for a while. We're, we're sort of working on some new ideas. We're going to be gone for a little while. Possibly we'll be coming back in a, in a video format, which is, you know... The only way you could conceivably make music weekly better is if you could look at me, <laughs> gaze upon my uh, my gorgeousness uh, while you're doing it. Um, but it's lovely to see you both. Thank you very much for coming in. Dope, yeah, you couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for Dorian to speak. It's the last chance. It is the last chance. On. It is the last chance to spraff on. Uh, the news: Kasabian are backing Glastonbury's uh, World Cup ban. Uh, this is whereby because one of the the Key man. This is where I reveal my ignorance of football. One of the key uh, World Cup matches, possibly the final, I think, or the semi-final, or something like that. It would coincide with the Saturday Night Headliner. So, and England's sure to be in it. And England is obviously going to still be in at that <laughs> stage. Um, so they're saying that no games will be screened over the festival weekend, so that fans can concentrate on the music. Do we have any feelings about this? <laughs> I've no idea why we're not doing this podcast anymore after this week because you know this is this is the best. The thing is, I. Do remember in '98? I think it was England Colombia. Was that um, wasn't that the other stage? England to Colombia nil. Right. The Kirsty McColl song about it. Oh right. Yeah. So and I do remember I was uh, in this. It was horrible, horribly wet, muddy, mm. Glastonbury, and I managed to get into this tiny backstage room where loads of people were watching the football, including Ian Broody, wow, who had written Three Lions, and when everyone was singing Three Lions, and like looking over at him like. Eh? Eh? Oh. And he just looked like he wanted to dissolve into the ground. <laughs> it seemed like two years on, perhaps he had tired of his association yeah, with the song. Has why, anyone yeah. ever, I mean, has he ever gone on record about that and said how he feels about that being his the sort of biggest thing in his it's career? It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because up to that point, the Lightning Saints were a massive band. I mean, they were a really big band. They had yeah, lots yeah. of hits. Look at you and, and you know. Life of Riley. Life of Riley. Mm. And uh, now it's just, it's, sort of, it's all been for, overshadowed. When that song came out, I didn't know who the Lightning Seeds were. I was quite a bit younger. And I thought that the lead singer of the Lightning Seeds in that video was a relation of David Baddiel. Or like a version. (laughs) 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 Why has he made a song with his... His brother. Um, <laughs> Kieran, do you care about... Are you, are you, I, I, I don't um, like football. I don't so know, no, yeah. I get, I get that people see it as a kind of unifying experience when you're outside at a festival watching the game together, mm. but you'd hope that if the music was good enough, that would unify you enough, right? It's just weird that it seems like the idea that you had to have the football at Glastonbury, mm. it seems now like a very 90s idea. Yeah. Mm. You know, th- it was all part of the same communal... Wee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And We're now all it sort of seems... It's almost like, well, why would you have football at a festival? Mm. You know, it just seems like something from a, a different era. I mean, I don't know. The thing is, if England did, if somehow the world went mad, yeah. 
and all the other teams caught the plague or something, <laughs> and England was in the final, you can see them maybe thinking, maybe regretting their decision, but it almost it seems as if, like, you know what, doesn't really matter. Nobody has any faith in It depends in this, also who the Saturday night headliner is, doesn't it? Well, because if it was Prince, yeah. then it's like, well, football schmootball. Right. If it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The, well, Foo, Fighters? the Foo Fighters, yes. Or if it's yeah. someone that you can hit that is going to, like even Arcade Fire, who play pretty much all the other festivals and do loads of touring. Mm. If it was someone that you could see anywhere. Elsewhere. Anyway. Would you sack it off? Yeah, would you? And, yeah. But I mean, then if the football, the, fo- the World Cup final is between France, France and, and, you know, some other bunch of fellows. Um, <laughs> Foreigners. Also, like, whatever, you can just watch it on your phone, which you couldn't do in 96. Oh, this is very good. Thank you very much. Very good point, Kim. God, could you imagine that, though? Wouldn't that be awful? Like, you know, there's Arcade Fire or whatever, singing the little hearts out. Mm. And then all these people, like, looking at their phone, going, yeah. oh, oh, suddenly cheering for suddenly no cheering. reason. Just getting really angry. And they're like, oh, you, you like, like this though? new one? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Just, there's a penalty. I, mean, yeah. I, would, I think <laughs> yeah. that's the kind of thing. Win, go, I think it would go, I'll have a laugh. I'll get it. It was brilliant. I'm a man of People, yeah, I just don't, you know, I don't take things to <laughs> heart. I like uh, soccer too. <laughs> I like the soccer ball Both game. Them. Um, amazing. Um, well, I, I think I also liked Glastonbury more when in the pre mobile phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a unhand me grey beard loon. I sound like, but I mean, when they used to appear when Glastonbury was shut off from the outside world, yeah. and I really liked that. I loved that feeling of you were sort of isolated. It was an amazing Glastonbury I went to, uh, it was when. John Major resigned, or no, John Major did back me or sack me, and somehow this news got via Chinese whispers, um, got into Glastonbury that the, the, the government had just resigned, the Tory party had just sort of given up in the because it was Glastonbury, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, hey, we can't, we can't, you know, we can't handle this. <laughs> they heard definitely maybe, yeah, new things were changing. <laughs> <laughs> we can't compete with this. And um, so there was this story going around that the, the Tories were kind of, and it was like this amazing kind of carnival sort of, you know, great sort of atmosphere. I mean, anyway, you know, which I, of course you couldn't share with your friends because you couldn't find your friends because you well, didn't you have, have mobile, mobile phones. Phone, which is wandering around on my own, you know, <laughs> on my own on drugs, listening to crying, you know. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I sort of like that thing. So I think shutting Glastonbury off more from the outside world is a is a is a good thing. Hawkins and what were you laughing at because it it's an ominous phrase when you say shutting Glastonbury off from the outside world for the good of like both the people huge, there and the like outside world a huge biodome over it like in a Simpsons movie and nobody's loud in or out um, what other news has been happening uh, Kieran you had, you had some news uh, oh, DJ Rashad DJ Rashad yep. uh, the footwork pioneer has yep. passed on what was wrong what did he die of um, allegedly a drug overdose oh god really yeah but he died at 34 and um, he, yeah he was one of the sort of pioneers of Duke and footwork he did that incredible um, album double cup uh, with DJ Spin which was released on Hyperdub and I thought it was like really beautiful incredible piece of work and there's been some really nice um, stuff written about him and the stuff in the sort of couple of days that have passed uh, there's a really great piece on Spin. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was talking about how he was always really generous with his hard drive <laughs> and he would sort of <laughs> give people music for free all the time and sort of give them rudimentary lessons on Duke and footwork. And I thought that was a really nice. Oh, he sounds nice lovely. Yeah, well, and lovely. And also, obviously, Good. people, you know, musicians do occasionally die of, you know, drug overdoses but it's sort of in that it's rare that it's the main person in that scene or perhaps the most celebrated I'm not saying DJ Screw I suppose is the other other example but I mean he was you know he was hugely admired Mm. 
and innovative and it seems like a genuine as well as like a human thing because he seemed like a good guy mm. it does seem like a real blow to to that sound and there, there was a, a similar feeling what you're talking about with um, Frankie Knuckles who was sort of you know playing ministry not so you know well, about three days before he died yeah, yeah. exactly and, this, and the same thing with Rashad where he's you know been on NTS and he's done boardrooms and he's sort of been around or on mm. the scene yeah, it's know, not it's someone that's kind active. of retreated because of ill health or, yeah, or whatever exactly. yeah exactly so, yeah. Um, so yeah so it's sad but, yes. a, a, amazing bit of news um, from Seattle uh, Seattle police have, uh, it's the way this, this story is phrased, have uh, released a note that was found in Kurt Cobain's wallet uh, at the scene of, his, scene of his suicide. Well, it says here, the note hints at marital disharmony between him and Courtney Love. What the note actually says is, do you, Kurt Cobain, take Courtney Michelle Love to be your lawful wedded wife, even when she's a bitch with zits and siphoning off all your money for doping and whoring? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I, it's a marital disharmony. Why is that have they name? only just got it? Yeah, what? The <laughs> note was... They finally oh, hey, decided to look at his wallet. wallet? <laughs> <laughs> they got a new... Hey, guys, maybe it was, like, maybe it was like True Detective and like the kind yeah, of... The Matthew McConaughey yeah, yeah. character years later is like, maybe we should open the wallet. You check in his back pocket, right? Woody Harrison's like, what? No! Um... Well, there you go. Um, it, to, are there still conspiracy... You know, people sit on the Courtney did it conspiracy train. Is that oh, still yeah, sure. going? I don't know if it's yeah. cool. There's definitely conspiracy yeah. theories about, you know... And not that she did it, but in a kind of Yoko sense of like, oh, it's all her fault. It was, it was, she, it was sort of her. driven to it by her. I, right. I, I, I expect there are. I'm sure if you go on the internet, you can find people who believe that, can't you? You can go on the internet and find people who believe that Morrissey predicted the death of Princess Diana. So you can, you <laughs> There's know. a really popular fan fiction that says that Courtney is Kurt. And, right. Yeah. Of that's, course. That's like you never see him in the same place. Oh, except you did. <laughs> <laughs> my my favourite news wording of a news story this week was just an interview, someone trailing an interview with Billy Joel. Mm. And it goes, Billy Joel admits trying heroin, comma, considering a supergroup with Sting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love the idea that this was like a cautionary tale. Like, I thought I could handle it. Before I knew it, I was calling up Sting, <laughs> booking studio time. Imagine Billy Joel and Sting in a supergroup. On heroin. On heroin. <laughs> oh, smart. That sounds like Spaceman. Sounds like Spaceman Three. It's all like really <laughs> heavy drone. That might be amazing. Sting's on his lute. Always playing one note. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, the world awaits the arrival of Sting and Billy Joel supergroup with uh, with bated breath. Um, <laughs> any other exciting news? What other news has been happening? Um, what, what are we saying about the Libertines? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, the Libertines have reformed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Kieran. My That's Kieran mustering all the Libertines. No, I saw the Libertines when they reformed the last time, which is probably why this hasn't been greeted with such sort of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, because they did only reform about three years ago yeah. or something like that. And they were very good, actually. I've seen, really? I saw the Libertines live a number of times at the Pig Aftertown live with you once about Dorian. I thought they were really boring. Wait, um, so you mean the original members? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be brilliant if it wasn't. <laughs> if it was just the drummer and the bass player <laughs> and, like, <laughs> someone from, from the Cooper the Temple Clause. <laughs> but it's a really from weird... The <laughs> but it's a really weird lineup. Have you seen for the whole... Because they've got a whole mm. day to themselves. Right. Yeah. And there's, like, loads of, sort of, ghosts of landfill... Yes. ...rising landfill up. Past, yes. And the likes of... Are the view playing? The view are playing, and the rifles. The ri- well, the rifles keep going though, don't they? Oh, the rifles really? keep going. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't stop. 
No. Oh. Um, the Pogues are supporting them as well, aren't they? There's some other. There's another festival. I wouldn't throw the Pogues in with. No, no, I'm not saying Pogues, <laughs> Pogues are landfill, landfill yeah, indie. You know, yeah. I can't think what what um, what Shane McGowan and, and uh, Pete Doherty have in common. Is um, it, uh, but, are, uh, the, are the Oasis? Rumours true. I, they I, can't. I believe that's not. But I mean, again, so I wouldn't predicate anything on Liam Gallagher's Twitter feed. Yeah. I mean, it just seems very, to extrapolate anything other than that Liam Gallagher is, you know, not the sharpest tool in the box from his Twitter feed. It's, it's, you know. But why did why do journalists keep the other journalists, not these no, journalists? No, no, it's not. Why did it like keep doing this, acting as if like it would be? It, one, it's going to happen when Noel consistently goes, no, 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 no. I hate him. I never mm. want to do this. My solo career is going fine, and. They were bad. Yeah. They were really bad for years for and years time. and years. And when they split up, people were like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And now it's been like, what, four, five years? And it's like, oh, they're going to get back together. Like, wh- I mean, what possible reason for excitement would that be? I know, that's... I, Play I, beer I, here. I, it's I not like they were cut off in their prime. Exactly the same reaction. I, I don't understand why we're supposed to be excited about this stuff. I don't I feel like it all contributes. It, does it contribute to the sense of a void in, in current yes. guitar music? If the most exciting thing that's happening is the Libertines getting back together mm. um, because old Pete Doherty has, like, apparently has fathered some child and mm. fathered a child and needs the money. Um, well, I mean, he said that. He said as much, didn't he? I mean, this yeah. is one of the reasons why it didn't, didn't look terribly... <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, uh, exciting, and and the, the Oasis may or may not reform this band. That last, I think Oasis should go. Well, they don't need the money. No, 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 absolutely not. But you know, it's not like there's even anybody people, that man. hasn't really <laughs> had a chance to see them. It's like with the Pixies, you could go, or My Bloody Valentine. Mm. Yeah, you could say there's a whole, you know, Stone Roses. Mm. There's a whole generation that love these records and never got the chance to see them. But it's like you could have seen Oasis. Like you said, like five years ago. So yeah. it's a very What's tiny it? number of people that are like teenagers who are nuts for them now and think, oh, man, Mafra. I was too late. <laughs> you know, I missed the Don't Believe the Truth tour. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I say, it feels like there's almost sort of a void for that trend of 90s nostalgia that you have in other genres across the board. Because yes. in, you know, in hip hop, certainly, you know, there's sort of a, a harking back to like boom bap sounds and in R&B, of course, and then sort of across the dance world. And so it's I don't know whether it, house music it's just, that it, mm. yeah, and garage. And I just don't know whether maybe it doesn't exist in indie. So there's this sort of longing for Britpop. I don't know. I don't there is, is a thing? longing for Britpop. I, th- I don't there is a longing for it. I think the interesting thing about this sort of the, 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 the kind of endless, uh, you know, celebrations of the 20th anniversary of Britpop that has been. Um, is that they've been pretty equivocal. Right. I mean, you know, there was a lot of kind of hooray for Britpop from, from Six Music. Mm. Um, and that, but that doesn't seem to be echoed elsewhere. I, I, I don't think people feel, I don't think guitar music, indie music, particularly like mainstream, has actually moved on enough from Britpop for you to sort of celebrate it. As it doesn't seem like a lost kind of But is it not the, the age of the sort of, t- you know, tastemakers, for want of a better mm. word, it, are now, for them, that was, there was, there's always this period where your youth ends in your mind mm. and that's what it, and it just so happens that you've got, in the same way that, you know, across fashion, across all, you know, all different sort of style and creative industries, the tastemakers in their early 30s mm. think, well, yeah, of course, like, oh, my God, I can't remember crop tops or yeah, 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 Britpop yeah, yeah. or all this stuff, because to them it's just that represents the absolute peak of their youth when everything was so fascinating and new, and then you go back and think, oh, sleeper, oh, my God, yeah, what yeah, was yeah, I thinking? Yeah, yeah. But it is the most ambiguous anniversary I've seen, because, like I said, the, like you say, the tastemakers are of a certain age, mm. but... Lots of younger people. It doesn't seem very fashionable. If you compare it to the anniversary of, like, you know, any of the, you know, ne- uh, Nevermind or In Utero last year or Kurt's death, 
um, or Nas, Illmatic yeah. this year. You know, a lot of anniversaries come along and people are like, or the Wu-Tang last year, you know, people are really excited or rave and they're like, wasn't that an amazing mm. movement? And with Britpop, there just seems to be so much like almost the bad outweighs the good. Mm. It's really, you actually have to think, I had to think quite hard and sort of dig up some old magazines to remind myself what it was like in 94 mm. when it was this new thing. And it was really exciting because it was like, how can this be happening? You know, how can they be storming the citadels mm. at the top of the pops and Radio 1 and all that? But the memory of the bad stuff is so vast that it, it sort of eclipses the good in a way that Stone Temple Pilots or Spin Doctors Nirvana, don't eclipse yes. Nirvana. Yes, that's a good point. Um, so it's a, there's a weird sort of, yeah, there's a weird sort of sourness and ambivalence about it. There's also the culture that was attached to it that you didn't get. You know, when I think when you think of Nirvana and you think of that era of, of grunge, you think of the performances and you think, you know, and also the quality of the music was better. But there was this culture attached to Britpops that we in Britain would have been privy to basically on in the tabloids mm. that just you just sit back and you think that is so really sad naff, yeah, oh god that's yeah. so naff and, and it was we, yeah. you know, loaded and it's just all sort of tied up together yeah and, yeah, and the country house video yeah and, yeah they were really sort of tear five friday yeah. like lots of things that fill you with shame and guilt <laughs> i think um I should get back together with <laughs> and play I think that's uh, the conclusion and we're what all coming should do to. is go on tour play and be here now in full amazing for an hour Really long extended versions of all the songs on Be Here Now. I think Be Here Now is a uh, is an underrated record. I, I think if you want to know, what I Britain do until was I like, listen to it. <laughs> oh, I keep thinking like it would be so brilliantly perverse to love this record, <laughs> and then I try it and I'm like, oh. Uh, but it does sum up its time. Britain in in 19, if you want to know what Britain was like in 1997, listen to uh, listen to Oasis. I think that's all the news. Um, let's move on to Singles Club. Dorian, your track first. <laughs> That's Walk Me to the Bridge uh, by the Manic Street Preachers. Dorian, your, your choice. Mm. Um, I thought that was pretty good. I think it's interesting what we just said. There's a band from the 90s still sounding pretty, pretty, pretty vital, I think. Yeah, because I think the, the, thing, the question that you need to ask of, of any band after a certain point is, is sort of why are you still doing yeah. this? Why are you still here? You know, essentially, I think bands should ask themselves that. And most bands don't. They just sort of continue because they haven't got anything else to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Manics consistently ask themselves, even when they were massive, even when you remember, you know, This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours. Mm-hmm. And one of the singles of that was The Everlasting, which was basically just like, we failed and become a horrible parody of what we wanted to be. I mean, you know, there was always had this sort of self-questioning streak. And this album, Futurology, which this is kind of the poppiest moment, um, is just so full of, interesting ideas mm-hmm. and influences and odd you know there's a song with Scritti Politti mm-hmm. there's bits that sound like craft work there's bits that sound like magazine and early simple minds and there's lots of sort of lyrics and ideas about kind of moving you know trying to move forward and being aware of your limited you know of your limitations or regrets or it just seems to be they're a very self-examining band mm-hmm. and I really like the way this starts off in this very sort of holy bible post-punk 
thing with this really weird, jarring emphasis on the words, mm-hmm. um, which was very Holy yes. Bible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, everything seems to be fitting. pronounced wrong. Yeah. And then it just you just have the biggest sort of euphoric, sort of new gold dream kind of synth riff. Um, and I just think that's, I think that's an, in, I think it's an interesting combination. And I think that there's a kind of an emotional charge to it, that there's things going on in the lyrics, um, which completely avoid the complacency that most bands that are 45 um, almost inevitably have. And I like the way that they're constantly keeping ahead of that fate. I like the fact that, that, that for the first, you know, whenever you talk to, to Nicky Wire from the Manic Street Preachers, you read anything, he always describes their records and he's incredibly, you know what I mean? Oh, what it's like. It's like such and such meets so and so. And that. And this actually sounds like what <clears throat> one of his, you know, it does sound like sort of magazine meets, meets, meets craft work meets whatever. Um, I thought it was very good. Uh, Kieran? Um, I didn't really like it that much only because I felt like it felt like it was quite difficult for me to get excited by and a lot of the references um, actually in the song of sort of lying on the floor at an indie club that kind of that kind of thing did it, I felt like it was quite divorced from me but yeah I thought it was good in that point of um, yeah sort of maintaining why they're still around and are still relevant I think they make that point quite well within that certain scene Rosie yeah. did you did you um, I wasn't a fan of this. I, I think The Manics has been one of those bands that I wanted to like more than I actually did, solely based on the music. I liked everything about their sort of, sort of pop outsiderness that they created. And I think that um, If You Tolerate This, which I think was in the Britpop era, am I recalling yeah, yeah, correctly? Yeah, it was, really stood out at the time as actually having something to say and something political. And if you were younger at that point, it felt quite different from the rest of the stuff that was going on in Britpop. But I think there's always been an undertow of... Um, and another thing about their music but I just have a life it's just really that's how it feels it just sort of slightly rubs me up the wrong way um, so yeah it's that it's wanting to like them more than I did but I didn't actually like this fair enough uh, Manic Street Preacher Walk Me to the Bridge uh, which is my fourth coming album which is called what again? Futurology Futurology and I think it's a very good album let's move on uh, this is Kieran's track got me feeling Talking on the low, his chicks up in the room, but he don't notice that I know. He been watching me, watching me, how polite when he stuck. So busy into my presence that he forgot she was stuck. He wanna touch on my figure and keep me pen out of shape. That's Kalayla and Tink. Uh, wanted uh, your choice this week, Kieran. Tell us about. Uh, well, we know about Kalayla. Yep. Um, who sort of. Uh, we play quite a lot on the podcast, actually. Yeah. So this is part of the the songs from scratch series, um, which has been quite sort of popular on the internet recently uh they did the last one they did was with starlito and canadian sad boy ryan hemsworth and it's basically just putting uh you know artists in a room for 24 hours and then they make a track and then they sort of film it as it's happening and this was uh the outcome of tink dj dahi who was the producer of uh drake's worst behavior and kalela (laughs) <laughs> and uh, anyway, Tink, I really like her. I've been following her career for a while. She is sort of part of the uh, female Chicago drill scene alongside Katie Got Bands and Sasha Go Hard. And I sort of, I, I like her on this a lot. I think that she sounds um, like she works really well with the sort of experimental sparseness of Kalela and, you know, because she's sort of got a lot of energy and 
I don't know, she feels like it's she feels like she's really good as a collaborator on these kind of sounds. She did another thing called Future Brown. It was like a new a New York producer collective with um Nguzu Nguzu and Fatima Al Qadiri earlier on in the year. And that was also really good and that was when I sort of became a really big fan of her. So think it was good on this I was, I was put off by what i thought was a sort of gimmicky thing of making a track in 24 hours who cares i don't really interested how long it took you to make it i mentioned whether it's good or not and I, this is a good track so um good. well done to all concerned I, I don't think there's any value whatsoever in putting people together like it's it's not you know it, spon- is it, it must be sponsored by some shoes or something is it or i don't know who is it sponsored shoes? by somebody it sounds I guess, like it's i guess so but somebody. i think it's more like the fascination of sort of the inner workings of people working on dance tracks you know because it's yeah but it sounds like it's happening that only that would happen is it happening just because people want to do it or is it I like think it's sponsored but surely it's sponsored yeah. by some clothing brand well no it's, it? it's by a company called Yours Truly but I don't know much about them I'm not sure oh, okay. music people I guess well if it hasn't worked then they're sponsoring <laughs> it if you, yeah, don't know, know. if you don't know much about them um, <laughs> no I think it's a good track I mean I, okay. I, 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 I don't really like I said I don't see the sort of point or purpose of, it, of putting you know giving people 24 hours to make a song it's not um, can't cook won't cook you know what I mean um, yeah but it's an interesting fact isn't it Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Additional information. Rosie, did you like this? Um, I absolutely love this. Oh, I'm oh. really sorry if you've talked about her on the podcast before and I'm about to repeat anything that anyone else has said, but I think she's brilliant. And I saw, I got my eye caught by some clickbait headline on an ID feature about her saying Kalayla and Twink, and Tink, rather Twink, Twink from the <laughs> Pink Fairies, unlikely she went to the studio. Kalayla and Tink went into the studio. What happened next will make you real. Was it something no. like that? <laughs> yeah, no. It was, uh, you know, she, this is the future of R&B. Like, she's arrived kind of thing, so obviously you're going to click on that. And it strikes me that, because it, it said in the feature that she started making music like this because she was really into Girl Unit. Yeah. Girl Unit obviously made the music they did because they were really into R&B. Mm. So it's quite circular, but it strikes me that this is exactly what people wanted Cassie to be. Mm. And oh, and that frustration that everyone felt with her is like, oh my God, you're about to be what maybe Aaliyah would have been if she was mm. still alive. Oh no, you're not. And then, so maybe that's what it made me feel, there's a genuine sense of excitement. It's been a while since I felt like that about a female R&B artist. No, I like, I like Kalela's uh, <clears throat> mixtape uh, that she put out last year very much. That was excellent. Dorian? I think I like this more than a lot of stuff on the mixtape because I like DJ Dye's production. And, you know, he's done like to Drake and Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of, it's it sort of from a different area to that sort of girl unit or that more sort of, you know, the sort of gauzy, blurry R&B that we've got a lot of. And her vocals on it have got that quite cl- yeah, classic appeal, the overlapping vocals. Mm-hmm. And i got to say, I'm a sucker for A, female MCs, and B, MC's coming in for a few bars on R&B records. Same. <laughs> and it's just, it, I just, it's just such an exciting thing when you're just sort of enjoying it and then someone just comes in and goes, I don't even know what, she, I haven't even listened to the lyrics. Yeah. There's just something about that sort of sense of like, could be dissing you. And here's my friend. <laughs> yeah, no, if oh, later I find, she's really cool. Person attack on me. Oh, look, my cool friend's turned up. Do you want to join the record? <laughs> okay, bye. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> it's just like, just drop some bars about that Doris Linsky, that asshole. Um, it's, just a very kind of like cool, confident record, which doesn't sound at all like some the result of some gimmicky set. No, 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 exactly. If, no, if they'd the worked point, on it for yeah. ages, I'd be like, yeah, no, it sounds like it. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Um, let's move on to Rosie's track.
Uh, that's real by Years and Years, Rosie's choice for singles club. Um, Rosie, uh, who are Years and Years? Here's what I know about them. There's three of them. <laughs> they si- they've just signed to Polydor. Mm-hmm. And the lead singer is a guy called Ollie Alexander, mm-hmm. who's also an actor, is in Into the Void. Gas- Gaspar knows Into the Void. Mm-hmm. And usually that information on its own would kind of make your skin crawl. <laughs> oh, you know, when whenever you interview a singer, they always express an interest in being films. What, you know, an actor's mm. always like getting a guitar out of a party. Does anyone know any U2? You know, it's just like this horrible <laughs> crossover where it just... What's amazing parties? You must get yeah, to. It never yeah. happens when I go well, to It just doesn't work. You just think, no, 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 you don't understand that it... And <laughs> Russell Crowe begs to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, it's that. And um, but he's I mean his voice is exquisite. It's beautiful. It's just and and it's and it's such a good song. It's I feel very like feminine, so very feminine, and also I feel like the the production is excellent on this song. But also it, it almost feels like it's broken into these exquisite little sections. You know, and it, mm. there isn't a, a single bit of it where it's been meddled with, and, and you think, oh, this bridge is a bit limp or whatever. It just feels like every single section it's like they've got three distinct parts to it, and all of them are as good as each other. I just mm-hmm. think it's such a good track. Um, and I imagine, you know, these kind of bands, it's not hard to sign them right now because disclo- you know, they sort of sit un- somewhere in between Disclosure and Rudimental, you know, mm. a bit um, poppier than the former and a bit cooler than the latter. But I think in this case, it just this is such, such a promising single. Um, is it representative of their other work? Well, they've got an EP and this is the best song on it. The other stuff right. is slightly less poppy. So you feel like... If they were pushed in the right direction of the right producer, definitely he gets some more of this stuff out of them. Excellent, Kieran. Yep, I liked it too. I um, I, I really liked the sort of almost controlled euphoria um, of it, and I liked the tone of his voice quite a lot. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I wonder if it's a trend English actors doing that because I just reviewed the the Rally Ritchie, um, you know, EP single whatever, and he's you know he's in Game of Thrones, and there's like another UK hip hop guy in there as well. So I don't know. Is it good? I think it's all right, you know. I think it's all right. Really, what did you think? Just really, just so horrible. It was like somebody had asked for like a British version of Drake. Oh god, it was like a really like no one asked for that. They've got like an off-brand like oh you know late night late night grocers version of Drake it was sort of <laughs> like grossest version of Drake you know what I mean like nicer <laughs> right 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 right, right. Um, it was um, um, yeah I was just the sort of sometimes it really destroys a band an artist for me if you can see the calculations if you can hear the meetings mm-hmm. yeah. and with this at first I thought oh I can kind of hear the meeting people are going mm. like disclosure rudimental clean bandit mm. you know do we have you know a handsome man who sings a little bit like Sam Smith, mm, mm. you know, a little bit John Newman, you know, in that ballpark um, with a kind of house thing. It just seems so... Calculated. Of, well, it seems so of its time. It doesn't mean... I always think it's unfair if you assume it's calculated. Yeah. And actually, it kind of won me over because I thought, OK, look, this is just... This is a movement that's going to be... Mm. And if it's, you know, and if it's good, every time that a sound kind of breaks through, there's a lot of people suddenly sounding like that. Mm. Um, but there seems... I don't know. It's the sort of record where I'm like, do I want to hear an album? Yeah. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, that's around about, is it, on the, uh, on the it internet? It is indeed, yeah. Excellent. On the old okay. YouTube. That's real by years and years. Uh, finally, uh, this is my choice. Used to sit worrying about the future. Worry 
Uh, that State of Mind by Raoul Midon, a remix by Heinrich Schwartz. Um, I am a sucker. This is a, it's coming out on a 12-inch single on a label called Philomena, uh, who put out, um, you know, make of this, where every day is record store day for Philomena Records, and they put out 12-inch singles for about 13 quid in enormous limited editions. They put Philomena out a lot. like Judy Dench, Philomena. I don't think it's, it's, it's a person like that running it. If that's what you're <laughs> implying, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just figured if, you know, if that's what she'd done. Well, afterwards, subsequently having seen the error of her ways. <laughs> subsequently having, you know... Moved on. Found no, fame, she could... Um, yeah. No, it's not, no. Okay. Um, they, they have put out lots of kind of um, intriguing remixes um, and that sort of stuff. This is... Um, I don't know who... I don't know anything about Raoul Midon. I do. Oh, do you? Did you Google him as well? No, I was listening to (laughs) Radio 4 last night. And he was interviewed on there quite extensively. I think it was last night. I listened to it a lot. I'm I'm sure you do. Yeah, very very similar. I'm always watching the BBC. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he it, it was it was a really lovely interview. He talked about uh, it was incredibly inspiring to hear someone I think you know later on in their life reviewing their own career and talking very honestly about the mistakes he's made and the lucky breaks he got. He used to play with Shakira for a few years. Okay. Did you listen? Do you hear that? Blind. I heard blind a trailer. The blind. Yeah. The no triumph, no tragedy. Yeah. Oh no, I heard a trailer yeah. for it, but I didn't put it together with it. I basically just looked at his Wikipedia page. I'm afraid <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go deep. But yeah, it seemed like. Um, it seemed like somebody that didn't normally make records that sounded anything like this. Yeah, no, exactly. And, well, yeah, exactly. And this was almost sort of like, you know, when there was lots of money for remixes mm. in the sort of <laughs> 90s, and everybody had to have a house remix, appropriate or not, doesn't matter, you're having a house remix. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like that, but in a good way, just yeah. that completely out of context and someone taking a vocal and going, oh, if you do this, mm. he sounds like some amazing, you know, like, he's a house vocalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not 100% certain if this is kind of an official remix or not. I, right. I anticipate it maybe kind of a, a, some sort of re-edit or, or however you, whatever you want to call it. They've done a few things like that uh, on this label in the past. Mm. Um, I'm just a sort of sucker for... Um, it's not so much like a vocal house track, because it isn't. There's, some, there's a sort of slight disconnect between the vocal and the backing mm. on this that I really like. Um, there's a great record that I heard a few years ago, that actually came out a bit longer ago than that, called Keeping Me by... Um, stereotype and there's a Fauna Flash remix of that that basically it, the, the original it, it takes the sort of vocal from the original and puts it over this kind of minimal sort of minimal techno backing and it's just awesomely powerful because it isn't working in the same way as a big old house vocal anthem does you know it's almost like the vocal which is a real gutsy kind of vocal similar to this one mm. um, is, is kind of is, it's as you say I guess it's, it's, it's like that era when in the 90s you get a double pack 12 inch with like you know remixes from every different conceivable genre everyone would have had a go you know and DJ died have had and a go and some of them would be amazing yeah, you get absolutely. this real run of the mill singer songwriter that would have well Lisa Moorish Lisa Moorish I was going to say let's talk about Lisa Moorish I remember Lisa Moorish uh, ex paramour of Pete Doherty and Liam and Gallagher. Gallagher and she had a really short lived <laughs> and rubbish solo career except that PFM the Featherlight drum and bass duo did an amazingly beautiful remix of one of her songs, which just at one point was one of my like favourite songs of the mid nineties. And I just loved that. But of course, when the budgets went, that didn't happen anymore. So people only remix stuff if they really, really wanted to. You know, in that kind of unofficial online way. And so it meant that you didn't get some of those freak collisions. Mm. You just used to get a single put out and then. 
they would convince you to spend another three ninety nine on it by seven CBT. different re- yeah. <laughs> remixes of it. And you think, hmm, bizarrely, people cottoned on to that. Um, uh, Kieran, what did you make of this? Uh, yeah, I really liked it. I saw Henry Short's Boiler Room and he played this as one of his opening tracks and it was really good and all the comments on Boiler Room are really good, which is a good thing because mm-hmm. that, that hardly rare? ever happens. Yeah, really? They're usually just like, oh, who's that ugly girl on the side? Oh, look at that guy in the background. <laughs> sure. You know, that kind nice. of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's really good and you know, I always like tracks that um, sort of sing about money because that's quite unifying and it's always the best bit of being at grime night because everyone sings along to the money bits. Oh, interesting. So yeah. I always find the reliable low point of any hip-hop gig is, make money, money, make money, money. <laughs> it seems to invariably get shouted at some point. I was actually saying this once haha, at Glastonbury while... Um, Oh, it, was it Wu-Tang? I think Wu-Tang were on a Snoop Dogg or something like that. And no sooner heard the words, it left my lips, than someone else went, make money, money, make money, money. I was like, you see? There you go. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm leaving. I'm, that's it, I'm going, going home to watch the World Cup. Um, <laughs> um, um, Raoul Midon, um, State of Mind, the uh, Henrik Schwartz blend mix of that is uh, out now on the 12 inch uh, from Philomena Records um, it's also uh, it, you can hear it on YouTube if you are considering investing 12 quid in a, in a single that's it that wraps up uh, Singles Club uh, that's our lot for the time being thank you very much to Dorian and nice. to Rosie for coming in and uh, seeing us off in, uh, in style uh, thank you to Kieran who I uh, have a hunch will be seeing more of in the future. Not that we won't be seeing more of you t- in the future. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. we'll be seeing more of all what of us you know? in the future. Um, <laughs> escorted out the back way. <laughs> Whacked. Um, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned for the usual uh, festival coverage over the summer. Well, thanks very much for listening over the last, whatever it is, five years or something like that. Um, thanks to you, Alexis. Hey, no, and to you, darling. Um, it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we will see you uh, soon, possibly in vision. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Support for this Guardian podcast comes from Squarespace, providing creative tools that help you bring your ideas to life. Squarespace offers free domain names, customizable designs, drag and drop tools, and 24-7 support. Squarespace also offers seamless e-commerce solutions for you or your small business. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look brilliant on any device. Start your free trial today. No credit card required. As a Guardian podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your new account by using the offer code GUARDIAN.